Glad to have you with us on Community Matters, Saturday mornings, 95.3 WBCK. Richard Pyatt here, and uh, on demand when you want at battlecreekpodcast.com. Well, here we are in May already, and this upcoming week is Drinking Water Week in the city of Battle Creek. And Perry Hart is here from the Battle Creek Water Division to talk to us about that. Hi, Perry. Good morning, Richard. Glad to have you here today. What is Water Week all about? Water Week is a awareness campaign that is put out and supported by the American Water Works just to share information about local water systems and uh, let folks know the critical role that safe drinking water plays in their day-to-day lives. Yeah, boy, years ago when you visited us on the morning show, the, the Flint water situation was front and center. And, of course, folks had questions about the safety of our own water, given that, as many communities did. And you were kind enough to talk about that. And here we are years later, still focused on some of the effects of that, the overall infrastructure and uh, the status of it, right? Absolutely. Uh, The incidents that occurred in Flint are continuing to affect how all water systems are being operated and regulated by the state. There's been revisions made to the lead and copper rule statewide. Amendments made to the Safe Drinking Water Act in 2018 require us to do our sampling for lead and copper results on an annual basis now. It used to be once every three years. Hmm. Also sets criteria for replacing the lead service lines that we have. And in addition to that, it is uh, requiring us to compile a better inventory of the service line materials we have in the city in order to better schedule the amount of lead service lines that have to be addressed on an annual basis. Yeah, before we talk about the specifics of that, I'm just curious overall, the status of our water system here in in Battle Creek is average, would you say, for uh, cities its size? Or or do we have a, a more challenging problem? How do you look on that? We have challenges like any water system has, but we're, we're in a, a good place to know what those challenges are and taking steps to address them. Where, um, we have minor issues at our uh, Verona water treatment plant that are being addressed, working closely with Eagle to uh, make sure that we get those items in compliance. Typical maintenance issues such as the hydrant flushing that started here the last week of April. We'll go for about a two-week period to get the water changed out in our water mains. It also helps us evaluate the performance of our fire hydrants, make sure they're all ready when needed. And um, continued work on doing a process that we refer to as VAC and Verify, where we use a very large truck that is capable of excavating soils by use of a pressure washer and vacuum. And we have the ability to go and evaluate what type of materials the piping materials are on either side of the water shutoff valve or curb stop that's in your front yard. That's part of the process of developing what the state refers to as a complete distribution system material inventory or CDSMI. (laughs) Lots of letters there. Well, uh, first of all, the truck sounds pretty slick. I'll say that, but uh, this is part of what we're talking about post Flint, right? To have an understanding for what you have, which of course leads to an understanding for what might need to be replaced. Well said. That summarizes it very well. Yeah. So what do we have to do? What does you look forward to the plans for this year and next and so on needs to be done? 
well, we coordinate these efforts with street work being done. So if uh, if we've got three or four blocks of asphalt paving that's going to be replaced or resurfaced, we do everything we can to poke holes in the air surface and get the information we need, replace what has to be replaced before that final layer of asphalt goes on the roadway so that we're not all looking and maintaining patches through our road system here in Battle Creek. Yeah. Um, and then in addition, as we do the CDSMI, the regulations in the Safe Drinking Water Act passed in 2018 lead to us needing to know what that service line is made of at three different places. We are taking care of the portion of the water main or the water service line from the water main to the curb stop, which is city owned. So if we don't have records of it, we vacuum verify it to make sure we understand what type of material is there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have very poor records of the material type that was used from the curb stop into the house. So we will also use our large truck to excavate down on the private property side of that curb stop. We have to identify at least 18 inches of pipe on either side of that curb stop. And then the third point of verification is the water service line coming into the basement or into the home. The reasoning for needing three spots is it identifies whether or not there's been a repair made. Oftentimes, uh, a lead service that was connected to the curb stop and then also connected to galvanized developed a leak somewhere in its last hundred years. And we, a, a plumber or a city contractor, had been in and replaced just a portion of that pipe. So we need to verify the three spots so we have a confident idea of what each service line consists of and which ones need to be improved on. Boy, interesting uh, situation that you expect there's some consistency, obviously, with the materials that were used. But as you point out, there could be some variance for a, a number of reasons. I'm intrigued that when these systems were built... We didn't keep records of of what was used, but I would imagine back then there weren't a lot of choices and there probably wasn't the thought that a hundred years from then we would need to know that. That's very true. And the um, process of documenting what was put in the ground was dependent on who owned what was in the ground. Uh So we do have pretty robust records of what is in the public right of way that piece of the service line from the water main to the curb stop. But that was the extent of the public involvement in that. Uh-huh. Once a home was built there and the water service line was extended into the home, that was done by plumbing companies. So we don't necessarily have that information documented in any of our databases. Right. Private uh, private entities that completed that work all those years ago. And uh, those of us who might have been building those houses or buying those houses just didn't uh, didn't have a need to keep track of that that information, which is really interesting. So, right, you have a, a number of points where you have to check and figure out what these materials are, and then uh, there's a certain amount of replacement that goes on, right? Yeah. Once once we've identified the service lines that we need to make improvements on the, the Safe Drinking Water Act. Asks us to replace a minimum of 5% of those per year in order for us to be able to claim that in 2041, we have removed all of those lead service lines or galvanized service lines that were previously connected to lead. 
that description creates a real puzzle in defining our work and how many service lines we have that we have to reduce. There's a belief that a galvanized service line going from the curb stop into the home that was previously connected to a lead service line, but that lead service line may have gotten replaced in 2002 when we did a water main replacement project. Hmm. We are now required to go and identify those service lines and get the galvanized portion of it replaced because there's the potential of lead particulate being in the galvanized portion. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a question mark there. So what are you replacing it with? Well, we are using um, what most people would refer to as PEX. It's a uh, plastic material that is very durable. It expands well in freezing conditions. It's considerably less expensive than copper is at this point in time Mm. with the supply chain issues we're dealing with. It's actually referred to as high-density polyethylene pipe, HDPE. And that is what we are replacing both on the city side from the water main to the curb stop and where we are required to replace the entire service line. We have contractors working on the private side that are using the same product as it is specified in our water main specifications. Well, clearly this is a massive project that will take a number of years to do, but uh, you understand where the motivation comes from after what's uh, going on in Flint and and, in other places and all the concerns around wanting to be sure that when you turn on the faucet, you get what you need in a, in a safe way. So this means you're going to be knocking on people's doors and you probably have been right. They're going to need to, to be hearing from you because in battle Creek, some of this equipment will need to be replaced. Absolutely. And that's where our water customers who we appreciate daily can give us a hand by understanding the need for us to get in, evaluate whether or not a new water meter needs to be installed and identify the material that's coming into the home as one of those three points of verification. And we now have our meter shop back up to full staff after COVID and they have been knocking on doors. We got people in house calling folks, setting up appointments We try to do these appointments when somebody's moving out, somebody's moving in. We'll compress all our appointments as much as we possibly can, take care of every need in that home when we're on site, trying to make it a single visit. And one of the additional things there is um, for years, we have protected the city's water distribution system from potential contamination from cross connections, Mm -hmm. where during a water main break or something like that, the water pressure on our system is diminished. And there's that natural potential for withdrawing something from a home backwards into the water main. And it's not just homes and businesses. It's everybody that's connected to the water service. Well, we have actively trained up our meter repair persons now so that they are able to do a quick evaluation in a residential environment to determine if there are any risks within that home that could affect our potable water supply. Uh, Some examples of that are unprotected hose bibs, uh, it doesn't happen often, but if we stumble across a uh, a boiler system that doesn't have a small backflow prevention device on that, mm-hmm. lawn irrigation systems, water softeners, we take just a quick look around for items like that, document our findings, work with the resident to get them corrected, and then get them in compliance, and we'll see you again in five to ten years. Okay, so this could turn out as an overall assessment 
not just uh, of the uh, equipment that you're talking about replacing potentially, but just an overall assessment of the, uh, I don't know if health is the right word, but all of those special things that might be at play in a system in somebody's house. Absolutely. And it's all driven by the Safe Drinking Water Act. We're doing what we can to uh, protect the potable water that is available to the public. So someone has their appointment with your department, uh, the person visits, does their uh, assessment, and then there's an identifier that says, yep, this water meter, let's say, or or other equipment needs replacing. Does that happen right then, or does that require another visit? No. Our staff out of the meter shop, if they're on site, they're equipped with a meter if it needs to be replaced. Okay. Um, we've done all the read devices. That was done in 2015 and 16, where we got the radio transmitting read devices out there. So there's an odd case where those that have gone bad, battery died, broken wire, they'll troubleshoot everything and they won't leave until they're getting accurate reads. The new meters that we are installing read down to less than a cubic foot in use, where the ones we're replacing could only detect 100 cubic feet in use. Oh, wow. Put that in perspective. Yeah. 100 cubic feet of water is 748 gallons. So when we're reading down to less than a cubic foot, we bill more accurately. It makes billing more consistent. You don't see the fluctuation nearly as much. And leaks are more easily detected. Well, seems like uh, modern technology reaching reaching the water system. And uh, wouldn't you want and more accurate reading on what you're using? Absolutely. So what if... Uh, some of the equipment in in the private side of the curb stop needs to be replaced. That's going to be a little bit of tearing up the yard, or how do you do that? That is done by private contractors. Okay. Uh, we contract with them. The changes in the lead and copper rule in 2018 require that if it is determined the service line going in the home needs, any portion of it needs to be replaced, it has to be replaced and at no expense to the homeowner. So city staff will do the publicly owned portion within the right-of-way whenever they possibly can. Yeah. Um, outside of that, we have contractors that can do emergency replacements if there's a leak. Uh, we also contract on an annual basis for a number of service lines to get replaced before streets get redone, like I spoke of earlier. But there are no cases any longer where if materials do not meet the requirements of the Safe Drinking Water Act, the city, the water system has to take care of the cost of getting her placed all the way into the home to an extent of 18 inches inside of the home or the first valve, whichever is shorter. And do open trench some of them. Yeah. Uh, some contractors we work with have developed processes where they can pull the new in by pulling the old out in some cases. Uh, even our internal staff on the public side are generally pulling the service line from the water main to the curb stop and then working with the contractor to get the remainder of that service line replaced. Are there neighborhoods that you consider priorities for this? From the records we do have, the older community, older portions of the community have a more significant number of lead services in it. Makes sense. With our capital improvement plan and the replacement of water mains, we are now, rather than concentrating on those water mains that leak most often or are oldest, we are now concentrating our main replacement efforts on areas where the density of lead service line is highest. 
The uh, Post Edition has quite a few lead service lines. We've done some replacement on Kingman. We've worked a lot up in the Sherman and Piper Park area over the last year. These are all areas where future street treatments are planned, and we're trying to get the lead service line replacement process through those neighborhoods before the road work gets completed. This will be going on for the next 19 years, trying yeah. to get the most dense or lead service populations removed wherever we can. Are there areas of Battle Creek where you say we have a better chance that there are not lead service lines, so it's not a priority right now? There are. We're very confident of lead service line materials being copper south of Columbia, so we don't concentrate on those areas as much. Okay. Uh, one of the things that the 2018 changes in the drinking Safe Drinking Water Act require is um, an evaluation of the service lines for the CDSMI, which I spoke of earlier. The state had us, depending on your population size, number of meters you have, we had to go through the process of a random number generator, which basically... You throw all the accounts you have in a hat and you have to pick out a certain number of them based on your population to randomly evaluate service lines throughout the entire water system. I see. Because of our size, we serve right around 50,000 people. Um, we were required to do 387 of them. And this is where we went out and did a vacuum verify to verify both the public side and the private side of the curb stop, plus made contact with the property owners updated the meter, did the cross-connection control survey, one stop, and then that we are about ready to submit those findings to uh, EGLE, Environmental Great Lakes and Energy, to determine what our next step is. They've got some process that involves a, uh, a logarithm that will take the data we share with them from actual physical verification and statistically say, we believe you have this many service lines that need to be replaced, or they'll come back and say, okay, 387 wasn't enough. Hmm. We need 450 to make the accurate calculations on what you may need to replace. So we need you to run out and get another 63 service lines identified. Interesting. It's quite the process. And we're just, this is a process that needs to be completed by the end of 2024. So again, I'm asking our customers, when we make that call to step, get inside and verify that, please do what you can to help us out. Uh, that tends to be a delay in the process. And the same thing goes for where we're working on replacing lead service lines. We want to make sure we know what's on the inside before we replace the outside. Yeah. Because it varies on what level of work we have to do, depending on what the material inside the home is. We like having all the facts before we blow up the street. That makes sense. This obviously can be a multi-step process. As much as you have consolidated the parts over which you have control, as you pointed out, getting responses from homeowners and occupants is probably a, a process that can slow things down if folks are not responding to you. So that's the request here in a drinking water week is to shed some light on this and ask folks for assistance in the responses when they get that knock on the door, or maybe you probably leave a, a a notice of some kind if someone's not home and they're asked to respond, I presume. We're using door hangers. We're using knocking on the door. 
and our engineering division that works on the street replacement sends out letters. So please be cognizant if you see the city of Battle Creek, help us out. Don't just set it in the letter holder for the next month. Get back to us when asked. It just really, really speeds up the process and lets us be much more efficient. All right. You you made a comment in the beginning of our discussion about having been on an abbreviated staff amount with COVID and so on, and that's ended now. So it's all hands on deck, I presume, right? I don't know if I would uh, classify the shortage of labor based on COVID. Everybody's struggling to get employees right now. And got right it. now we have got a team in the water department that I couldn't be more proud of. We're fully staffed in the meter shop. We're fully staffed at our water treatment facility. We are currently looking for yet one more uh, one more position in our water distribution equipment operator position. That and the internal staff and the coordination that the water division does with our engineering staff here in the same building on Kendall has forward and leaps and bounds. We've got people that are interested in what they're doing. They're out there doing their job fantastically from the challenges we have on our Verona water treatment plant and the six gentlemen out there that make that building tick and provide water 365 to the 18 positions we have in water distribution and the three supervisors that oversee them taking care of things like water leaks. These are the folks that come in at two o'clock in the morning and take care of things as needed. And then we've got our metering division with the supervisor and six meter service technicians, the administrative support they get from their dispatcher and uh, administrative assistant over there. They're constantly on the phone, constantly looking to make connections with customers where we need to get into their homes. I am extremely proud of the folks working for us right now and the challenges we have ahead of us. All right. Well, hats off to all of them. And uh, once again, if you uh, get the door hanger or the knock at the door from the City of Battle Creek Water Division, they would like to ask for your response and your assistance in dealing with these uh, state-mandated assessments of the water lines and including what's in your yard and in your home. Perry Hart, we'll stay in touch with you and uh, we'll bring folks updates when we can. That'd be awesome and appreciated. Thank you, Richard. 